How you doing, all doing this morning? Wow. It's good to see you. Happy faces. And uh, last time I was in front of a group of people speaking. They, you'll see a few pictures of them shortly, but um, they had big bushy beards and some had furrows in there and, and some had turbans and bits and pieces. And uh, it's quite an interesting bunch of people to speak to. And we had to go through security um, processes. And, uh, but God is a, our God is an amazing God. Amen. And um, first of all, I really want to give honor to, to Jesus Christ, and uh, he is the Prince of Peace. He is the Messiah. He is the only one that, can, um, that man can come to God. He is the only one that people can find salvation. He's the only one that can lift the burden of sin off people's lives. And uh, we just, uh, I'm just so amazed at just the love of Jesus Christ. And uh, if one thing I would encourage you this morning is uh, the Bible says, and uh, I think it's in Ephesians, if you want the fullness of God, it's... It's not about knowing lots of information, but it's about knowing the love of Christ. And that leads us to the fullness of God. And uh, so the love of Christ is the most important thing that we can have ever on the earth. And um, most of uh, uh, this, this recent trip I had was probably the, one of the most amazing, amazing trips I've ever encountered in, in my life. And uh, for years, the church has been praying that, uh, that, that cities would be saved, that nations would be saved. And for years, the church has been praying and fasting and, and believing for, uh, for God to break down uh, walls of uh, hostility, and uh, he did it with communism. Uh, he, he did it in the World War II. He did it, and we, we read through history, and we see how, how Jesus Christ has, has brought down walls of division. And one of the biggest things that uh, is facing the world today, uh, I mean, you, you'd have to look very far to see that the world has changed over the last 10 years. And... Uh, we're about the end of the, the first decade now of the, of the first millennium. And it doesn't seem that long ago where uh, people were worried about computer crashes and what's going to happen when the world ticks over 2000. And uh, anyway, that's come and gone, and here we are. And uh, the world has changed a lot since then. And uh, there's been some good changes and, and some not-so-good changes. And uh, one of the big things in the world today is people are facing is, is terrorism and, or the fear of terrorism. And uh, everywhere you go, people are, are afraid either of, of terrorists or, or a terrorist attack or, or the fear of terrorism. And, and then we have all these emails come through from, uh, from our church and from, from, the, from the body of Christ about Islam and, 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 and all these people. And, and, and sadly, and it's a sad truth that every time, nine times out of ten, every time you hear the word terrorism, you either have the word Muslim or Pakistani associated with it. It's either one or the other. And um, it's, a, it's a cold truth, and it's, a, it's, it's just a fact that's facing the world today. And, uh, and uh, I guess the question that uh, I felt in my heart is towards the church is, well, what are we going to do about it? <laughs> and uh, what are we as the church going to do about it? The, the whole world is facing a threat of terror. I mean, you look at, you can go to a department store in Hastings today, and you can see a little sign on the office wall, what to do in case of a terrorism or, or bomb threat. And I'm thinking, well, <laughs> in Hastings... You guys got no idea. And who's going to bomb a department store in Hastings? <laughs> Everywhere you go, people are living in that fear, you see. Uh, and, and sadly, lots of people are making a lot of money out of, out of people's fear. And, um, but we know that today that uh, we know in our heart, not just in here, that Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. And uh, he can. There is no city too strong for him. There is no country that is beyond his reach. And uh, in, in the words of Caleb, he, when they went into the promised land, he said, oh, there was no city too strong for us. We marched through the whole lot. And, uh, and uh, so I believe that Jesus Christ is absolutely on the move today. And 
I believe that right now the nation of Pakistan is in a, is in a huge uh, state of change right now. And uh, it's, a, it's a great opportunity right now. I mean, you look at history, uh, you look at for those Woodstock. Woodstock was not just an event. Woodstock was a, as a, was a changing of, of society. And there's lots of different events through the world that we can look back in history. And, 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 and the whole world was changed as a result of, of a, either a war or event. Or, and it's moments like these, it's events like these that, uh, that affects the world today. If you look at end of World War II, for example, uh, when Japanese uh, surrendered, General MacArthur, he, uh, he made the call out to the Christians to say, hey, you need to come and bring the gospel right now. But sadly, they, they, basically the Christian church did not do much at all. And here we have Japan and the, and the nation is today. Genghis Khan was also the same. Uh, Genghis Khan opened the way for Christianity when he, when he took over most, among, uh, most of Asia. And again, we weren't strong enough. We, we just didn't do enough. And uh, even with India, I found out recently that there was a... Uh, uh, there was a, uh, as a famous uh, Christian evangelist got, got authorization from the government of, Puck, uh, of, of India to bring the gospel right through the whole nation. And uh, unfortunately, he didn't do that because he had a hunting trip booked. And um, there's another famous quote I read on a movie. If you, if you ever read the movie, uh, watch the movie. Uh, oh, I can't remember. That. It's, anyway, it's got, um, it's got uh, Bruce, Bruce Willis in it. And at the end of the movie, it's got this little caption that says, and it's a quote from a, from a famous general, and it says, all it takes for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing. And uh, right now we're in a place of history where we have a nation that is only a young nation, but the eyes of the world are on Pakistan right now. And uh, Pakistan is, uh, is going through its own internal crisis. You have, um, you have the whole nation right now looking for a, a sense of identity. Like I said, most of the world's newspapers today, most of the world's media today, Pakistan, Pakistan. You look recently the floods, Pakistan. And uh, if you uh, if you if we're in tune with the Holy Spirit, we're in tune with God. We uh, will understand that something must be happening in the nation of Pakistan. And it's not a, it's not a very old nation. And right now they're in a place where they're, they're struggling to find their source of identity, tr- struggling to find uh, a source of cult. Uh, their their identity as a nation. It's ninety eight percent Muslim country, and uh, and uh, one of the things about Islam right now. Um, is that the whole of Islam itself is in a place of change. And so when uh, Osama bin Laden, when he hijacked the airplanes, he didn't just hijack airplanes, he hijacked the whole Muslim faith. And, uh, and so uh, there's, quite a, there's quite a dilemma in the nation of Pakistan right now, even in the Muslim world, saying, well, we're emerging as a nation. Uh, we're not too fond of what America has to... I mean, uh, there's some hostility there. But on the other side, they, they're not really wanting at all the, the extremists of, of where Islam is at. And so right now, the whole nation is a place where it could either go one way or it could go another way. And the eyes of the world are watching. And the, the, the important thing about Pakistan, it is the gateway to the whole Middle East. And um, I've got in my heart is this, that the gospel came from the Middle East, gospel came from Asia. Bible said, Jesus said that gospel, uh, this gospel should be preached to the uttermost ends of the earth. Now here we're at Aotearoa, New Zealand, and we're bringing the gospel back to the Middle East, and I'm believing to take it right back to Israel itself. <laughs> nation of Pakistan right now, as you would see, is a, is a nation of extreme, extreme contrasts. Right now we're seeing the disasters. Can I just have the first slide, please? Most of you heard about, um, uh, this, is, this is Islamabad, and uh, most of you heard about the, the recent airplane crash, and uh, this is where it was. Um, 
I think this is this is from a government building. And can you see the little see the bush line up there? And you can see a little hut, like a little restaurant up there, just opposite on those hills, just just opposite. That's where the airplane crashed right into there. So you can see how close it was to the city. And we're we've got the, that photos taken from the government one of the uh, government houses. Can we next have the the next photo, please? And uh, this is taken from my hotel room, and uh, that's, that's the smoke from the aeroplane crash. And uh, that happened on, on a Wednesday morning, and uh, there's the Fazil Mosque, and you can see that, that piece of hill just behind the Fazil Mosque. Uh, it's one of the largest mosques in the world. That's where the, that's where the plane hit. So you can see the type of day it was. And uh, I just want to show you a, a short little movie clip. Just, I just took a video while I was there. Um, so if you just want to play that. Italy. So as you can see, that there was uh, 152 people on, on that aeroplane, and it was one of the worst disasters, worst airline crashes ever in, uh, in the nation of Pakistan. And so I got to witness that. It happened uh, just outside our hotel, and uh, just, a, just a terrible tragedy. And uh, like I said, right now, you, got, you read on the news, and we've got thousands upon thousands of, of, of refugees, again, refugees, and these refugees that have been isolated, uh, they've been refugees for the last four years and uh, were made refugees because of, uh, out of violence and, and as a result of the, uh, the Taliban. So right now, the eyes of the world are on Pakistan and uh, a lot of tragedy, a lot of lives lost. And uh, even while I was there, uh, there were uh, two Christians that were taken to court not so far from me and uh, they were accused of blasphemy, taken outside the court and, uh, and executed on the spot. Um, number of people, uh, just a lot of violence. Uh, there was a, a number of bomb blasts while I was there. I didn't, didn't actually see it. But um, just uh, the whole nation is right now at a point of, of uh, it's under the grip of, of, of a fear. And a lot of the, the public are in, are in fear. But praise God, I want to give you some good news now. You know what? Um, the Bible says, and it's always and, and it's something that Shane talked about while he was here, where, wherever there is suffering, there is always a river of hope that flows through it. Always a river of hope. Shane talked about it, Shane Willard, when he was here, right from, from the word Pishah in, 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 in the Garden of Eden, right through history. Wherever there is suffering, there is a river of hope. And uh, wherever uh, people are broken, wherever people are hurting, wherever people are dying, there is always a river of hope. God is doing things in that place. And uh, I want to show you, I want to talk to you a little bit about right now about what God is doing there. And uh, there is only one person that can make this happen. That is Jesus Christ and the, and the, and the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, so we do give all glory to Jesus. And uh, one of my, uh, uh, my, the main trip, the first priority of this trip was uh, to, to attend a conference. Now, this conference was, uh, um, it was put together by, uh, it was called an Interfaith Peace Conference. And uh, uh, basically, the nation is sick of the violence and, uh, and wants to do something about it. And so there was a peace conference. Now, in this peace conference, there was every imam, or uh, um, an imam is basically somebody who's head of a mosque, a khatib is somebody who's the preacher, and uh, a uh, 
a, a mufti, as a, as, as a teacher of the Quran. And so what they had at this conference, this conference was, uh, it take a, took a long time to pull together, but praise God, we, uh, this conference came together. Can we have the, the next photo, please? Oh, so I'll just show you this. This is here is inside the, the Fazl Mosque, that, the one I just showed you. And uh, we actually went to, a, to the Fazl Mosque, and that's the picture of a chandelier inside of there. The next photo. And uh, while we were there, became prayer time. And so as a born-again Christian, what do you do in a mosque when, uh, when it comes time to prayer? So, <laughs> so what we did, we just, they, they told us just to go to the side of the, the auditorium. So we went to the side of the auditorium, and we just started to, we just started to pray loud and, you know, reasonably loud in the Holy Ghost. We started to pray in tongues. We started to pray that the, that the eyes would be open to the, uh, to, to, the, to the glory of Jesus Christ, that they'd have a revelation of, of, the, of the person of Jesus Christ. We prayed that, that, uh, that their lives would be touched. And uh, so we just, we just prayed in the Holy Ghost and we prayed that the angels of heaven would come and fill that place and start to speak and that they would see the light of the gospel. And uh, so that was a great opportunity. Stand in a mosque and pray in tongues like that. Yeah, never thought I'd be doing that. Anyway, Jesus, Jesus went to these sorts of places, I reckon. And uh, so here we are. This is the uh, this is the starting of the of the conference. Um, what we have here is that the guy on the left in the vest. He is the minister of the of he's the federal minister of minorities and a very very powerful man. And he's a born again Christian and doing an incredible work. Um, the guy on the right with the with the thing around his head. Um, that's the Saudi, uh, the ambassador from Saudi Arabia, and uh, behind in the, in the middle there, that's the Grand Imam. The Grand Imam is a personal friend of mine now, and he is um, he is uh, he's in charge of all the imams of all Pakistan. They all report to him. He's the he's the chief. Uh, so his father was also a, a great man of honor. His, his father, who was his, uh, actually had a, he's, he's got a huge honorable name through the whole nation of Pakistan. Huge respect. And so now the Grand Imam here. Is, uh, is following in his footsteps. He's now the Grand Imam, and again, doing incredible work and just reaching it. Got a huge respect through the whole nation and also the surrounding nations of the Middle East. And uh, also his son, who's 11 years old, he's now being trained up as well. So uh, he's also a great young boy, and, and I'm, I'm building a friendship with him as well. So the Grand Imam there, he was one of the um, he was one of the key people to be able to bring all the all the all the people together. And uh, so he basically tells all the mosque leaders, "You come into this conference." And uh, they come. <laughs> and uh, so he's become a very, very good friend of mine. And uh, uh, if you look, he's, only, he's not even 40 yet. So, so there you go. So this is it. We're just walking into the conference now. Next photo. And uh, so here's a lineup of uh, all the top religious leaders of all Pakistan, uh, from the Hindu leader to the right, on the right-hand side there, uh, the guy with the head thing on. He's the, he's the, the chief of the, of the Fazl Mosque, which is one of the largest, again, in the world. And uh, some different imams there, the Saudi ambassador imam, um, and it goes along into CMY there. So, and, and the Sikh leader at the end there. And so we had about 150 of all the top Muslim leaders from all, it was the largest of its kind ever in, in, the, in the history uh, of, of the country. And next photo, please. This is the Hindu, this is the Hindu, the leader of the Hindu uh, faith in Pakistan. He was there, he was a nice man. And next photo. And yeah. Wow. How would you like to be pre- preaching to him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so this is the leader of the Fazl Mosque, and uh, so that's what I went to. Next photo. Here's another one. Here's another imam. 
Again, he's got the joy of the Lord upon his face. <laughs> and the next one, and this is the Saudi ambassador. Again, he's deep in thought there. And next one, that's the grand imam. And uh, look at that big beard, eh? He's only, yeah, he's, I think he's only about 39 years, old, 39 years of age. So he helped organize the whole thing. And the next one, and uh, this, is, this, is the, um, this is the conference. And to have these, this amount of people all together in one space is just a phenomenon. And I'll show you shortly how big it was. And you can see the lineup of TV cameras at the back there. Each one of those is a, is a, is a TV camera for a particular station. And uh, next photo. This man here, he is the, he is the uh, if you know a little bit about Islam, you, there's, there's lots of different, I suppose you could call denominations uh, and different factions within there. You have the Sunni, Sunni Muslim and then you have the Shiite Muslim. Uh, this, here, this guy here is the head of the Shiite Muslim. And, uh, and uh, he's, he's speaking there. And you, you want to know what he's talking about? Yeah, should I tell you? Yeah. He's actually preaching from the Bible here. And, uh, yeah, yeah, he's preaching from the Bible. And he's preaching about on the passage of, uh, of where Jesus uh, talking about the parable of the sower. And uh, so this is, this is what he's talking about there. And when, after the parable of the sower, Jesus carries on to say, um, we need to be not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And uh, so this is what he was talking about. We need to be not just hearers of the word, but we need to be doers of the word. Does this sort of mess your mind a little bit? <laughs> yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Got to work that out. Uh, next photo, please. And uh, there he is on the front row, and there's uh, one of our crew with us. And uh, so, yeah, these are all the imams. They're not just happy, clappy, Pentecostal Christians. They, these, guys are the, these guys are the ones that call the shots for the nation. And uh, next photo. And there they are again. Um, yeah, there's a whole heap of them there. And uh, next photo. And here's one. <laughs> this is one of the local imams. And uh, he was a bit of a hoot, actually. Got everyone laughing. He told a few jokes and got everyone laughing. And he's, you know, even in the Islam faith, he's always a funny preacher. <laughs> he's, the, he's, the, he's the funny one. He's the funny, funny preacher from that. From they call him the funny man. And uh, you can see Anwar there in the middle. And uh, this is another one of the, uh, another one of the imams. And uh, yeah, got to meet him. Uh, you know the, the guy from the, the guy in the black, the Sunni, Sunni Muslim guy? Yeah, he, he's asked, he's gave me his card and said, next time you're back, love to have you in my home, love to have you in my mosque. And so, yeah. <laughs> so there we go. And next photo. This is Amway. This is Pastor Amway. He's got to be the, one of the greatest revivalists ever on the face of the earth right now. And uh, love to bring him out one day. He's talking about, uh, about, uh, about love and uh, about loving your enemies and uh, that, that guns are not the, not the solution. Um, maybe there's a time for it, but actually we need to, we need to have love in our hearts. And uh, it's easy to love our, our friends, but it's not so easy to love our enemies. And uh, so that's what he's, he's talking about there. Um, Anwar is a very, very, very brave man. One of the things he's, he, he, he talks about is, uh, is about, uh, he tells them straight, you know, we want our country to be blessed. He, he said, let me tell you this. He said, the Bible says that whoever blesses Israel will be blessed. Whoever curses Israel will be cursed. And uh, if we want our nation to be blessed, then we must, must bless the nation of Israel. He tells them straight.
So he is not, not shy in coming forward, and, uh, and we need to bless the, bless the nation of Israel. And, uh, but hey, look, he says that to them straight, and yet he's still able to build good friendships with them. And so uh, here we go. Next photo. And there's uh, Shavaz Botti, and he's the federal minister of, of minorities. Uh, he's there because the, pre- the, the prime minister of Pakistan was supposed to be there, but, um, and he's confirmed to be there, but it only happens in Pakistan. The day beforehand, um, there was a, an assassination of a, of a minister's son, of a government minister's son, his only son. His son was walking in the park. Somebody recognized him as the minister's son, pulled out a gun, and <laughs> dead. And uh, so, um, so he, he couldn't be there. So he sent a Christian instead to, to speak on his behalf. And so this is Shavar's body, and uh, he's he's giving a delivering a message from the from the prime minister. And uh, so it's an incredible thing. Next photo. Ah, is yours truly? Yeah. And the next photo. There's three photos, and the next one after that. There we go. What did I speak on? Uh, I spoke on, um, I gave no greetings. I said, please don't bomb Hastings. <laughs> We're good people. We love you people. No, I spoke on, I, I just gave my greetings from New Zealand about where the, uh, the sun rises first and we're the first to see the new day and uh, talked a bit about, just briefly on that, talked about change, talked about choices and then talked about leadership and then uh and then gave a then gave a verse from the bible uh about um, is it, what did i speak on what's it, where is it it's in king samuel samuel yeah and, and basically david's last address talked about being leadership uh, and leadership he says to those who are in leadership to those who are in a place of influence or those who rule must do so in, in, in righteousness and be just in their leadership and also uh, do so in the fear or in reverence to the Lord. If they do that, they shall be, they shall be, be like the new day that has no clouds. And so there we go. And so this here was one of the most major events ever in the nation. It was so big that this is one of the newspapers. Uh, can we just have the next photo? Uh, oh, it's not on there. Um, just, just go back a bit. This, this newspaper, this is one of the, this is the main newspaper of Pakistan. And uh, here you see uh, a photo of, of all the top religious leaders all standing in agreement, holding hands, saying that we're going to work, we commit to work together uh, to bring peace into the nation. It was on the front page of every newspaper in the nation. It was on 30 television channels and had coverage all through the nation of Pakistan. Also had coverage in New York and the UK. How about that? Front page. Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise. That was a good one. <laughs> Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called. <laughs> Sons of God. And uh, here we are working together for peace. And, um, and every, you, you, even if you had $10 million, you couldn't get that. You couldn't get that front page. And uh, so the next, comp, next, next um, picture. 
Yeah, this one here. We also got a, uh, a meeting with the, with the president, and uh, that conference was on the Monday, and on the, so it was on the Sunday. On the Monday, the president confirmed that he would like to meet with us. And uh, so we, I was part of a delegation of, uh, of about 15 of the top religious leaders um, of the Protestant, the Catholic, uh, Islam, and uh, the Hindu and the Sikh. All of us got, a, uh, got invited to come, and meet, come to the presidential house to meet the president, and, uh, which is pretty cool, really. <laughs> and so this is, this is the, uh, you can tell the Sikh leader, he's the, he's the one on the left there. He's a nice man, and... Here's the leader of the, uh, the Shiite, and we're just on our way out of the, one of the government offices to get in this little minibus to go to the uh, president, go meet the president. So next photo. And here we all are. There's the grand imam there. There's a few other imams, and uh, you can see the Catholic guy at the back there, and everybody's there. All of us got in this little minibus, and we went to the, went to the president's office, and, and we got to meet the president. A um, few of them got to speak, but um, I got to shake his hand and have a few words with him. But the good news is that he was so impressed uh, that, he's, that the presidential office has, has contacted Anwar and said, we'd like to meet with you again uh, early next year. And so very, 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 very likely we'll be able to have personal, uh, personal contact with both the, the Prime Minister and the President of Pakistan. You know what? There's a verse that talks about that. And Isaiah says, arise, shine, for your light has come. And, it's high, and kings and queens shall come to the brightness of your rising. <laughs> and uh, next photo. What have we got next? And uh, here we go. This is Anwar. And uh, this is his wife. And uh, this is his 40th birthday. And the man on the right, his name is... I um, uh, can't quite recall it right now. But he is one of the, he's the top police superintendent. And uh, he's, he was overseeing the whole front line of, of the whole region, about 7,000 staff. Now he's been promoted to uh, the, the head of CIB, all of CIB. So he's a very, very, very powerful man. And uh, he's also a full-on born-again Christian. And uh, he, helps, he helps with Anwar to, uh, to bring the big crusades together and to, to see, uh, just helps provide security. So he's a very, very good friend of ours. Robin, his name is Robin Yemen, and uh, a very, very nice man. And uh, so there we go. That's him. Uh, next photo. Ha ha! A river of hope. And uh, wherever you see uh, suffering, wherever you see um, uh, uh, brokenness, you can bet your bottom dollar, bet your top dollar that Jesus Christ is on the move there somewhere. And uh, every week we have uh, we have a, a crusade. There's a healing crusade every week on a Wednesday night. And um, here you have it right now. That's is about. Anywhere from ten to twenty thousand people turn up every week to this to this crusade, and uh, they receive miracles. And uh, it's just an amazing presence of God fills the place. And uh, we only get uh, ten to twenty thousand because it's it's just there's a lot of people there that's still bound up in fear, and uh, there is still a very very real threat of terrorism. And so a lot of, a lot of people don't come out because of that. Uh, next photo, and. Uh, uh, this is after I, I just preached, and all these people raising their hands. I can't remember either the, either they're receiving a miracle of healing or they're receiving Jesus Christ. But uh, anyway, there you see the supernatural power of God moving in a nation that's full of terrorism. If you can want to give Jesus a praise, you can do that. <laughs> and 
And uh, one of my previous trips there, we had somebody raised from the dead, and uh, just an incredible experience. And talking with Amwai, they've had a number of people raised from the dead, uh, just a number of people, a number of people healed from cancer, a number of people healed from hepatitis, just just amazing miracle. The, the miracles that you read about, we read about in the Bible and, and whatnot, happening right here every day. And um, how about that, huh? <laughs> in fact, you'd think in a nation like that, that, that the church would be rather small. Actually, not so. Uh, within a space of 10 years, uh, there's been... Uh, 20,000 house churches planted just in this one ministry alone. Uh, each house church has an average of about 30 to 40 people, so it works out about three-quarters of a million people inside this ministry alone. How about that? Three-quarters of a million in one church. It's one of the largest churches in the world. And uh, have we got another one right there? I just want to show you a couple of videos. power of God touching people's lives. Thousands of people in a miracle crusade.
Hallelujah. There's always a river of hope flowing through suffering. And um, one of the most powerful uh, uh, mediums that we can pre present the gospel there is uh, we have, a, a, satellite, we have a, a, a cable TV operating there which has an audience of about um, 5 million people. Um, very, very effective. It's, it's one of those most powerful and effective ways of, of reaching, the, reaching people for the lot reaching the loss for Christ. And um, when I was there, Anwar, I mean, he's, re, re, he's receiving up to 500 phone calls and texts a day um, from people watching the TV, uh, seeing miracles, hear, watching the preaching on TV, and uh, wanting to either come to a, a crusade or, or wanting healing or, or wanting to find out about Jesus. And simply, the TV is incredibly powerful because so many people are, are too afraid or to come to the, come to the Wednesday night meetings um, so they'll, they'll watch TV because it's all broadcast on TV. Some people can't make it there, so they watch it on TV. At the moment, we've only got, only got coverage to 5 million people. But uh, as you know, that me and Kate and my family will be shifting there uh, very, very shortly. And uh, one of the things that we're going to be looking after is, uh, is, is a satellite TV. We're, we, we are going to take this, uh, from, instead of cable TV, we're going to take it to satellite TV, which will give us coverage to the whole nation, not just the nation of Pakistan, but will give us coverage to 63 nations in the whole of the 1040 window. The whole of the 1040 window. And uh, yours truly will be the director of that station. And uh, so I'll be controlling what goes on. Hallelujah. It's got so much favor. We've got Hindus, we've got the Sikhs, and we've got the Muslims. All You can see them on YouTube, all encouraging people to watch Isaac TV because it is a beacon of hope. And uh, so we'll be starting a, a satellite TV and we'll be having... Pastor Mike speaking on there. We're having, yeah. We want to have um, we want to have Pastor Lynn and Pastor Sergeant. They're gonna love you. <laughs> they want to have worship, and so we'll be creating a, a diverse range of, of of programs in order to be able to reach the whole of that Middle East uh, Middle East community. And so we need to raise funds for that. Um, our, our heart is at this point. Just to get it off the ground, we're believing for a hundred thousand, just uh, just a hundred thousand US dollars, and we can get the thing off the ground. And you'll be able to bring the. It'll only be it'll be delayed coverage by about one to two minutes, but um, but that's pretty good. Uh, at this point, hundred thousand dollars will get us hundred thousand US dollars will get us up and bring in the gospel to to sixty three countries in the whole ten forty window. The ten forty window basically is where the majority of the world's population is, and will give us uh, an audience or, or a potential audience of what do you think, Sergeant? Three billion people. That's how many zeros? That's that's nine zeros. It's a lot of people, and uh, so means nine. Three billion people have the opportunity to be able to hear Pastor Mike and hear different ones here and, and uh, different people from around the world. Just for 100,000 US dollars, that's all. Just for 100,000 dollars. So that's stage one. And um, stage two, we'll be getting up to, to real time where we, uh, where we have a mobile camera and uh, a van and uh, we want to go to real time, which will cost only half a million US dollars. When you think about it, it is not a lot. <laughs> And it's not a lot. Myself and Kate, we are going to reach into our own pocket, and uh, we're going to put. We don't have a lot of money, but we're going to reach in and put twenty thousand dollars at least into it. And uh, and so I encourage you. In the words of that, that what I said before, all it takes for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing. And 
I'm believing for, I'm, I'm going to put, a, I'm going to put, at this stage, my initial will be at $20,000. I'm believing that God will, will produce a lot more, but we have to get the gospel out there. And uh, we've got humanitarian efforts as well we're going to raise money for. But the first priority, people need to hear the gospel. People need to hear that Jesus Christ is alive. They need to hear and see the light of the gospel. They need to receive miracles. When they receive miracles, I mean, eternal life is the most precious gift. And uh, so we want to, uh, it's our first priority is to get that up and going. And I'm believing to get it up running this year. And, uh, and I will get it up running this year. And uh, if you want to be a part of that, of this investment, that's your choice. Three billion people. 63 countries, if you think about that. And we're not going to, ta- we're not going to take up an offering right now, but I want you to pray. I want you to believe, believe God, because it's easy to get you all emotional or wound up, but you need to hear from God. If you want to give, if you want to be a part of this investment into the kingdom of God, then you pray, you fast, you hear from God, and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But uh, just in closing now, uh, Pastor Amar wants to give you a greetings, and, uh, and so here he is right now. Basically, he's saying that um, uh, thank you for, uh, for allowing me to come over. Uh, God's doing incredible works in Pakistan, and uh, we're believing for, uh, for Satellite TV to, to get up and running. And he says... Hallelujah. We have a moment in history to make something significant happen in our world. Let's not let this opportunity go by. And uh, in the words of, just in closing, I think it was uh, Clark Taylor or somebody like him when he was here, he said, um, he said, I may not be the first person God chose, but I'm certainly going to be the last. And, uh, and uh, I encourage you today, search your heart. Are you wanna be, do you want to be part of this and making history or are you quite comfortable living your life? It's, it's fine. It's, uh, the choice is yours. Thank you very much, and uh, look forward to seeing you very soon. Well, what a stunning opportunity you have ahead of us. You know, God talked to us about change, and what a great window of opportunity is open. I don't think you can't help but be impressed when all you hear is bad news about Pakistan and then see what God is doing. A river of hope in the midst of all of that sorrow. And so we have a, a, a unique opportunity. I don't understand how God causes these things to happen, but they've happened. We have a doorway into a nation, an opportunity to have an impact that will touch millions. And I want to be part of it. I want us to be part of it. I want us to be a part of what's happening. And uh, later in the year, Dave and Kate and family will sell up house and shift and relocate and go up there to live indefinitely. We're not sure how long that will be. And uh, we'll be sharing the vision later on the year with the church and how we can work together and contribute to make something great happen up there. Next year, no doubt, we'll send teams up there to see it firsthand and to be part of it firsthand. Man, when I saw the power of God coming down, people being healed, miracles, God touching lives, I want to be part of that. And whatever God's on, I'd love to be part of that. But it's a great opportunity for us, isn't it? And who'd have thought out of Hastings we could do this? So I want you to let your heart be open to God to speak to you in whatever way over these coming months. He wants you to uh, open up to give and to sow. And I'd love us to be able to really do something significant in that nation. 
about three years ago, uh, the uh, possibility of purchasing a bigger property for our own expansion came up. We went and actually had a look uh, down the road there at, uh, what's the name of that place? Hittinger Estate. We had a look through there and the possibilities of it, but I felt in my heart that this was not the time for such a thing. God had been speaking to me about having no mortgage, no debt. And I thought, well, if he's done that to me personally, then it's the same for the church. And while I believe we will have to expand, I didn't feel that was the right time. But that was the time everyone was expanding and doing things. And then it turns out it was not the right time because so many people got into trouble. But I believe for us, it was because God wanted us to do something that could touch millions of people. And so I would rather than have a bigger mortgage and rather have something that's going to cost us a lot to maintain. I'd rather in this time sow into something that could touch millions and take and have an impact on nations right through the 1040 window. What a glorious opportunity. We've already got the team up there, have been starting to practice with televising. We've had Simon Nixon come here to help us with uh, just understanding what we need to do. And uh, we'll start to televise our Sunday services. Oh, he's here really. Well, praise the Lord. Where are you, Simon? Let's give him a great welcome. I thought I saw him. Is Simon here somewhere? If you're here, Simon, I thought you were here. Someone said you were here early on. I can't see you anyway. So what we're doing is we're going to be putting the, uh, the Sunday messages. We'll go on to television and we'll begin to get the programs all ready for taking overseas. When Dave goes later in the year, we'll be straight on the year then. And then from that point on, messages and seminars and everything like that will go directly out. So it'll mean some little changes in formats. It'll mean a little bit of a change on Sunday services. Because instead of preaching to four or five hundred, I'll be thinking of thousands. And so I'll be speaking a little differently. Amen. What a great day we live in. What a great hour this is to be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not only overseas, with our own friends and neighbors. There are people in New Zealand need to hear the gospel, people in our own city. You need to carry the gospel. In, uh, in Nehemiah chapter 2, this is what Nehemiah said. He looked and he saw the damage of generations. He saw the broken stones and rubble of a city that once was glorious. He saw through the eyes of God people whose lives were broken down and without hope. And the Holy Spirit, because that's who Nehemiah represents, came into that situation of despair. And he said, you see the distress that we are in. There was no hint of condemnation, no hint of judgment. Just you see the distress that people are in. You see the broken lives and marriages. You see hearts that have been shattered, lives in addiction, struggling and overcome, lives without a future, without a destiny, without a hope. He said, let us rise up and build. Let us be the answer to these problems. Let us stand together and do something to change what we see. Let's no longer look and complain and point the finger, but let's stand together and let us restore lives. Let us build something great that God can come again into this place. And everyone that heard caught the vision, caught the heart of God, and they said, let us rise up, let us arise and build. Every believer is called to be a builder. The word son in the Old Testament means literally to build a house. 
one who is a builder, an extender of the family. If you are called a son of God, a child of God, you are called to build the family of God, to build the house of God, to extend His kingdom. That means every one of us has a call in our life to positively influence the people around us and do all we can to see lives touched by the presence and power of God. We're called to build our lives. We're called to build the lives of others, not only in our city, but throughout the world. What a great challenge. The days when people just came to church is just to hear a message and be blessed are well and truly over. God's desire, God's design, and where the blessing of God will reside in this coming decade is on people who will say, I will rise up, I will build the house of God, I will invest in the kingdom of God, I will sow into the lives of people, I will learn what it takes to be a minister of God to people, and I will begin to extend the kingdom of God with others in this city, this area, and into nations of the earth. Every one of us called to build. Every one of us standing together, we can do so much. I think what I could do on my own, but then I think what we could do in standing together, just think of the possibility that if from here we could raise $100,000, send a couple, send a family, and then start to resource with messages. Imagine how many people would be ministered to. You have no idea the power that television has to touch lives. I was on television when I was in Taiwan, and just in one church, they linked me up to about 50 other churches all at once. And they said that everywhere in the homes where people were watching, in the buildings where people were watching, as I spoke into the TV, the power of God came on people. They manifested demons and were set free. They stood and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. They came and gave their lives to Christ in front of a TV screen. Friends, it's possible to do far more if we could just lift, lift our vision, lift our eyes beyond ourselves and see what is possible. When I went on TV in, in, uh, in Taiwan, we had reports of hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of people whose lives were touched by that. I put some of the material onto DVD and we just sent it into the underground church and people would be touched by the power of God. I met someone just recently from China and they said, please come to China. We've been watching your DVDs. People have been set free and changed by the power of God. But we've got a chance to do something much more than just in a few houses. We've got a chance a window of time to do something in a nation. Oh, who would want to miss that opportunity? I would rather not miss that opportunity. I'd rather give up a bigger building to have a bigger influence. Father, we just honor you right now. We give you the thanks for what you've done. We thank you for your blessing upon us as a body of people. We thank you for the many things you're doing and will do. But Lord, most of all, we thank you that you reached out to us, saved us. You sent someone to us with a message of hope, with the gospel. Just close your eyes for a moment. I wonder if there's any person here today who's never yet made a personal response to Jesus Christ. This would be a great day to say yes to the love of God. If you're not a Christian today, have never given your life to Christ, then you're living 
with something missing in your life. You're living without an eternal connection to God, without an eternal hope. But in a moment of time, that could change. The Bible says to everyone who received Jesus, everyone who put their trust in Him and committed their life to Him, He gives power to be a child of God. Are you ready to make that decision today? What's holding you back? Is it really that much? Or could today you make that decision? Jesus, I want to respond to you. I want to respond to your love and your goodness. I want my sins forgiven. I want to be joined to you. I want to be part of an eternal destiny that connects me to the living God. If that's you, raise your hand today. Want to become a Christian, give your life to Jesus. Something today in the service has impacted you. Something has touched your heart. Raise your hand right now and say, that's me. I want to give my life to Christ. Would you do that just wherever you are right now? Just raise your hand. Is there anyone here today just at that point of decision? Just quickly raise your hand. Say, I want to give my life to Christ. Perhaps as you're thinking just here and you're sitting, perhaps you think, well, there's people I know that need to know the Lord. The same God that did those miracles there you saw is our God also. And we must believe He can do it here too. And touch lives here too. Let's pray together, shall we? I'd like you to stand and join hands across the auditorium. I just begin to pray, pray together. That God will give influence, give us influence in the lives of those around us. I'd like you also, just as just before we start to pray, just before the seminar on, on the weekend, Friday night. I got uh, news that my father-in-law, Joy's dad, had died. He died about a half an hour before the seminar started. It's a tremendous grief and loss for us. Even though he's 90 and we knew he was going to die this week, it's still a huge loss because for us, or for me particularly, he was a model of what a father and a family would look like. This is probably the best model I ever had. The only one who really showed me anything about family life. So it's an immense loss. We'll be taking the funeral. I'll be taking the funeral on Wednesday. So I wonder on Wednesday if you can just uphold us and uphold all the family. You just pray for us just on that day that God's presence will come and touch the family members.